Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. But right now, inshallah, we're going to continue to see what is happening across the borders. And there's been a lot of talk about this Pegasus spyware, Pegasus spyware. And uh, it's been it's been talked about for a few months now. And uh, now this NSA group is making headlines again after it was reported that the Israeli police use it for spying on dozens of its own citizens, including uh, officials and protesters railing up against former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, the report brought months-long international scandal into the world's most infamous hacker for hire company back to full circle, following reports that it was used by governments across the world to spy on activists, journalists, and even heads of state. Now, this Pegasus, Pegasus, Pegasus. And, uh, you know, you start to think now, this cell phone of mine, really, every single time, every single time we've been covering the stories and we've been talking about it, I look down at my cell phone and I think, how dangerous can this uh, this device be? But uh, I can't answer that question, certainly. But who can answer this question is Jan Vermeulen. He's a tech expert at my broadband and uh, pretty clued up. He was at a launch yesterday at another event. But uh, nonetheless, we have him on the line today. Jan, good afternoon and thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Jan, uh, you know, we've been reading about this Pegasus spyware and spying on politicians, spying, and it's it's getting quite serious now when you say spying on politicians, spying on activists, spying on uh, journalists. And, uh, you know, you, you start to wonder how safe are we with our devices? And how legal is this? Let's start with this. How legal is this if, if, if you get caught? Can security companies do something like this, like spy on you? Yeah, it's an interesting question, um, and and legality's got to do with jurisdiction, right? So, so firstly, mm-hmm. um, uh, President Rama, our very own President Ramaphosa, was on one of the lists that uh, journalists obtained of heads of state that were being spied on using this software. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the only head of state. The French head of state was in the same boat. Apparently, President Ramaphosa's name was put on the list of um, you know interesting interesting targets. Uh, by Rwanda. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, just, just for folks to understand uh, where this comes from um, and how it impacts us here in South Africa. And, um, and so, uh, you know, if, if the CIA decides to spy on journalists in South Africa, then who's going to take them to court? Where are you going to take them to court? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when it comes to the clandestine services, uh, when it comes to um, intelligence and, and covert uh, operations and that sort of thing, um, you know, then, then legality has got purely to do with what those particular countries allow. And so that's why you find when it comes to, like, Snowden leaks um, about what, what the CIA and the NSA were doing, in the United States, um, they're not being they're not being uh, brought to book under international law. They're being being brought to book under under United States federal law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the, the the and so is it illegal? Uh, no. Um, uh, is it right? Yeah, that we can debate. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, definitely, and you know, uh, you start to worry of of how uh, safe. Well, well, not as far as safe is concerned, but uh, at the end of the day, if uh, politicians or leaders of uh, different countries could be spied on, it just uh, leaves you to wonder who's running the show. And and for an example, uh, for example, an organization like this, right? This uh, NSO group. Can anybody just go to an organization and say, right? I want to spy on so and so and so and so. For example, Zuma faction says, right, we want to spy on the Ramaphosa faction. Just just uh, hypothetically, Ramaphosa faction right. saying, yeah. we want to spy on the... Can they go and hire these guys and sort of uh, spy on each other? So according to the NSO group, they have <clears throat> very strict requirements for who is allowed to deal with them. You have to be a bona fide um, government and, and it has to be on behalf of the state. But we all know that state resources get abused, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so, um, that, that, but that's perhaps a whole separate argument. Um, so to answer your question directly, you, no. Uh, according to the NSO group, no, you can't just be anybody, but you can certainly be uh, a dictator um, or, a, or a, a totalitarian government, uh, as long as you're the official government of, of a state that they're allowed to do business with. You know, so as long as you're not under particular, uh, under specific sanctions that prevents them from doing business with your government, um, then they'll do business with you. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting indeed, and it's it's a bit worrisome actually. Now I I, I want to get into the technicalities on this. Yan, I'm looking at my cell phone right now. I'm looking at it, and how does this work? How do they have the ability? Because you always hear they say, you know, uh, your friends will tell you, um, uh, take out your battery. You have to sit with your battery out of your phone, or they can still power up your phone with your battery, or wrap it in foil. You hear all of these crazy things. How can can you prevent this? Looking at my cell phone right now, how do I prevent somebody tapping into my cell phone? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Nowadays, um, you can't remove the battery. So, and, uh, uh, if you've got a higher end phone, the, the batteries are, are are sealed in, right, to make them waterproof. Mm-hmm. Um, you you and for other reasons, uh, you you can no longer remove the battery. Um, so that's not even an option anymore. The wrapping it in tin foil, I don't think, does anything. Um, so, um, no, there, there is no way to be sure um, that these devices can't be used to spy on you even when you switch them off. Um, and and not, not to be overly alarmist, um, but, um, yeah, that's the reason when, why I think when, when people have to discuss something um, incredibly sensitive, right? So if you listen to... Um, uh, if you look at the, watch the documentaries, right, of what Daily Maverick and Amabungane uh, did when uh, the, the Gupta leaks landed on their desks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they had to go and have a meeting, they went to a car park, secluded, concrete, all that stuff, and they left their phones in their cars and mm-hmm. then stepped away from their cars and had their discussion, you know, someplace where there's no CCTV, where they've got reasonable confidence, they, the, the, there's no bugs that's been planted. Um, and so, um, yeah, the, the, uh, you know, when, when you've, if you are a, a, uh, a head of state um, or, uh, you know, an uh, individual who deals with sensitive stuff like this, so uh, an ambassador or an investigative journalist or a, an activist, um, uh, a political activist in, uh, in a totalitarian regime of some sorts, um, then you have, in, and you've got a cell phone, you've got to operate under the assumption that someone has hacked that cell phone and can, and can 
um, uh, and has access to whatever's on that phone, right? Mm -hmm. That can even be WhatsApps. And it's not because WhatsApp is insecure. It's because they've got access to the phone. So the WhatsApp protocol itself is encrypted, right? Mm -hmm. But if you've got access to someone's phone, all of the messages stored on your phone are already decrypted. And so, um, if uh, it, uh, under those, if 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 you're someone who deals with sensitive information, then you have to operate under that assumption and adjust your security, what we call OPSEC, your operational security, um, accordingly. But I think for ordinary citizens, um, these kinds of attacks are quite costly to develop, mm-hmm. and they're costly to execute. And so, for you and me. Um, we should be more worried about, uh, you know, uh, uh, fishers or uh, cyber criminals um, that try to steal our online banking credentials mm-hmm. um, through through entirely different means that aren't nearly this sophisticated. Um, but um, but yes, uh, for for somebody who is in a position of power or uh, deals with sensitive information, um, the capabilities of the NSO group raises serious alarm and serious questions um, because they were able to breach the security of iPhones. And and iPhone um, is probably... uh, Apple is one of the companies that is doing the most to try and preserve people's privacy and security. And despite that... Um, they were able to find what they call a zero-day exploit. And in this case, even a zero-click exploit. You didn't even have to interact with the exploit. I think they sent like a a quiet, a silent SMS message Mm -hmm. to your phone, and they were able to gain access to stuff that way. Um, And and so um, it was was really sophisticated capabilities and sophisticated attacks um, that, uh, that the NSO group were able to deploy there. Um, so hopefully that uh, that wasn't too alarmist. Um, I think for anybody listening uh, to us now, the, it, the, the the NSO group is is not who we have to worry about, but we're discussing the NSO group broadly uh, in terms of um, the, the kind of surveillance capabilities um, that that countries and and even private security actors now have at their disposal. Well, definitely, and then this this is an, a whole new ball game. Uh, if you look at it, like you said, everybody, we, nobody can do without a cell phone. It's a reality. You just cannot do without a cell phone. It's part of you. It's part of your daily routine. Uh, and it's uh, interesting to know that world leaders uh, could have access to this. You know, or world leaders themselves are exposed uh, with their information. And one, it, it, in a broader spectrum, it makes you worry about uh, security of entire nations. But it's quite interesting, Jan, I have to say. And I don't think I'm going to be looking at my cell phone uh, the same again, you know, and like you spoke about fishing, I think that's a whole new topic. Currently, the only thing I used to worry about is my wife checking my phone while I'm asleep, but I think uh, that's most <laughs> South Africans. But uh, yeah, it's a whole new ball game. It's very dangerous and uh, I think we're all exposed. We're all exposed. Let's just hope we... I always tell my dad, I don't think we're important enough to be spied on. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Jan, we say thank you for uh, speaking to us and making us understand better and giving us a better insight of the cell phones and how people are attacked and how we could be vulnerable as well. Uh, we're going to have to leave it at that, Jan, but uh, once again, we thank, we, we thank you for your time. Only a pleasure. Have a great afternoon further. You too. Good afternoon. 
Jan Pierre Mullen making me a bit scared now. Now I'm a bit scared, you know, because now when you look at your cell phone and you think anybody can just hack into it, anything. You know, all the older people in the Juma Mubarak messages are at risk. But that's also, I don't think we're important enough, you know, as uh, uh, us individuals. Not worth it spending on looking into the phone, but really interesting information. This is spyware. And uh, this whole NSA group has opened up a whole new scare for us, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. <laughs>